a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think... Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. How was your Easter? Oh, it's uh, going to be great. <laughs> You know, you're it's a Table Talk Radio time warp. Oh my goodness. You, I just can't do it. I live in the now, man. Here you're you're a radio celebrity. What what radio station are you on this morning? Uh 560 the source. Nice. A real radio station, a real live radio station. Hey, by the way, aren't you going to have a real live radio station cranking out of your church at 100 volts or whatever? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's 100 watts, and we, we were going to advertise by saying uh, broadcasting at 100,000 milliwatts <laughs> <laughs> or nanowatts or whatever that, it is. That's good. <laughs> How's that coming along? Uh, it's coming. <clears throat> it's coming. Good. So uh, what were you talking about this morning? That might be more interesting in our show. Well, no, not necessarily. We were talking about civil liberties, and it was a bunch of uh, – it was a libertarian kind of show. So mm. we were talking about civil liberties and church and state and stuff like this. So, And they said, what can the church do to help in the realm of politics? And I said, nothing. Stay the church, out of it. <laughs> the church should do what the church is supposed to do, which is preach Jesus. But then as uh, – as, Well, it's fine. I said, but as Christians, look, when I engage in politics, I'm doing it as a father and a husband and a, a man and a citizen. And so we should be absolutely engaged there. In fact, it occurred to me – you know how we talk about the three estates? You have the state and the church and the family. That the, There's a separation of, 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 of church and state, but that they find their melding together of activity in the family itself. So now, as a in in the family, I'm engaged both in the church and in the in the state, and that's where, well, that's probably the doctrine of vocation. I think it is. I think so too. So my theological buzz word for you is vocation. Oh, nice. And uh, <laughs> I just came up with that on the spot just now. Um, vocation uh, comes from the Latin word vocatio, which means calling. And so the idea is that God has placed us in various stations in life, various vocations. And uh, in all of these vocations, no matter what it is, you uh, are placed there to love and serve your neighbor. Now, oftentimes when we think of the word vocation, we're thinking of your job. So you have like vocational training. Uh, but vocation in this sense, in the theological sense, extends just beyond, just uh, way beyond the job that you have but all of the unofficial jobs that you have. Uh, so in addition to being a um, candlestick maker, you might also be a, uh, a mother or a father. Uh, you could be, as you mentioned, a, a church member. You could um, 
you could be a a neighbor, uh, you could be a citizen, and all, all of these places you wear diff- different hats. You're in different offices, and in all of these you uh, are serving different neighbors. So this helps us put kind of the address on the person we are to love. Um, oftentimes we're told, well, who are you supposed to love as a Christian? You're supposed to love everyone. And I, I don't think you'd have much time to love everyone. And so the Lord tells us who we ought to love. And those are the ones that are been placed in our lives according to our vocations. Now, the wonderful thing about this, Luther calls this um, the mask of God, because when a mother places a dinner on the table in front of the child, and then the child prays, thank you, God, for giving us this food. Mom doesn't slam her hand down and say, I made this, not God. We, we understand that God delivers all these gifts, but he delivers them through his means, um, those he's placed in various offices like mother. So vocation. I believe in that. Good. What's your buzzword? My buzzword for you is Jesuits. Now, oddly enough, if you look up Jesuits on Theopedia, you just see the word, and it's a totally blank page. <laughs> nah, really? Which, yeah, totally serious. So check, check this out. It's interesting. Jesuit. It comes up there, but there's nothing there. Now, this is because the Jesuits are like theological ninjas. <laughs> they will sneak in there. They'll get after you. Uh, so I had to go to—I pulled out my— Christian encyclopedia, but this is too long. So I'm like... going to the I'm going to Wikipedia now. <laughs> the Jesuits, also known as the Society of Jesus, is a Christian male religious organization of the Catholic Church. Members are called the Jesuits. The society is engaged in evangelization and apostolic ministry in 112 nations on six continents. How many continents are there? Seven. There's no Jesuits in Antarctica. Yes, I going to say. <laughs> Jesuits work in educating schools, colleges, universities, seminaries, intellectual research, cultural pursuits. Jesuits also give retreats, minister in hospitals, parishes, pronounce sisters, etc. Ignatius of Loyola, Yo, Loyola, not to be confused with Yoloya. Wait a minute. You know that thing, Yolo? This is backwards. Loyo. A little bit confusing for those of us who are hip. Ignatius of Loyola founded the society after being wounded in battle, etc., etc. This is basically the anti-Lutheran guys. So they came along and said, hey, we want to really get after the Lutherans. And the popes at first said, well, all right. And then they saw that they went over there everywhere. Uh, sometimes, look at this. It says, therefore, Jesuits are sometimes referred to colloquially as God's soldiers or God's marines. Whoa. The society participated in the Counter-Reformation. That means the anti-Lutherans. Uh, and uh, Vatican II, etc. Jesuits. If you have a comment or a question, you can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, and let's go to that phone line. Pastor Gagline, I have noticed in recent episodes that you sound a bit impatient and, and brusque. I think hmm. I know the cure for that, but will it, it will involve the efforts of a fine bachelorette down at Club Grove River. It may take a few years to cure, but a, a few kids bouncing on your knee will help you deal with Wolf Mueller's jokes, I think. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Now, this is amazing. Now, had someone told me that uh, getting married would would help me with your terrible jokes, I would have gotten married a long time ago. <laughs> 
I, I had no idea. Is this true? Oh, yeah, man. Is it that you get funnier or just I, I am more tolerant to bad jokes? I don't know. Probably both. I, look, I was a total <laughs> bore before I got married. Wait, wait. Walk before around. you got married? Oh, yeah, What's man. changed? <laughs> I'd walk around quoting, hey, hey, anybody want to hear this quote from Ignatius of YOLO? <laughs> So nothing's about? changed, in fact. <laughs> uh, how's that going, Club Rogue River? Is it hopping place? Oh, Club Rogue River, it's it's happening. You know, I, I. By the way, our our new radio station, by the way, that we're starting here in Rogue River, KRRC, is underwritten in part by uh, Club Rogue River. So that's pretty is, exciting. So is it Club Rogue River? Is it? So oh, that's what it means. KRRC is. Rogue River Club. <laughs> That's K right. Rogue River Club. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. You couldn't get KCRR? That would have been super cool. When do you guys start broadcasting on your one million megavolts? <laughs> uh, I think it's nanowatts. Nanowatts is what we're, yeah. Oh, I don't know. We're a few months out. We'll, we'll just figure things out. I got an email here for you. Ready? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, this is also to you. How come people only write to you anymore? I know, but how come you never give out our email address? Um, questions at tabletalkradio.org. At least that's what this was sent to, and it made it through. So, <laughs> Dear Pastor Evan, oh, this email is bad news for us because no longer can be, we be referred to as the world's most popular Lutheran theological game show. Oh, that's right. I'm seminarian Jake of Sim Radio, a Lutheran radio show in Australia. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was reading this totally wrong. Oh, no. Oh, Dear I, Pastor wait, 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 Bef- Oh, dang it. Bef- I'm seminarian wait, 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 Jake wait, 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 of Sim Radio. Wait, before, dang, I totally messed up. I was going to go on the air before the theme song without you hearing and say, Pastor Wolfman is going to read this email, and I'll bet you anything he does it in an Australian <laughs> accent, and then let you just go on. Okay, so continue. The pastor of my own congregation told me about your show. I started listening to your show from episode one. I'm currently listening to your show in mid-2010. Me and one of my mates, after listening to your show, decided... This is bad. Decided to start our own theological radio show. You can check it out. Soundcloud.com forward slash simradio. Or follow us on Facebook. Look, he doesn't know that you don't have Facebook. I'd like to thank you and Pastor Wolfmuller for your wonderful radio show. Thank you for inspiring Sim Radio. As part of the segment on our show, we rewrote the Big Bang Theory opener to make it creation version. Uh, if you could crunch it, let us know. I've attached the audio. God bless. Seminarian Jake, host of Sim Radio, the world's most popular theological Lutheran game show. He doesn't say that, but... No, I was going to say. Now we know. Yeah, so now uh, Table Talk Radio is taking a back seat, but we can say um, North America's uh, most popular <laughs> theological game show. I think it would be better to say the world's second most popular Lutheran theological <laughs> game show. Okay. i got to change it, because on the header on our Facebook page, that's coming up, by the way, in, in our next segment or something, it says the world's most famous theological radio game show. But I will change it right now. Okay. Well, as uh, Pastor Wolfner just said, next up we have Facebook Theology. And then in the last two segments of the program, we're playing Which Ladder. That's the game where we uh, listen to a clip and then try to figure out which ladder uh, the guy's trying to climb. So that's all up on Table Talk Radio. You can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. We'll be right back. I'm talking about you. Nobody but you, come on, give me a cue, 
my message to you. Table Talk Radio. Not even our listeners can cancel us. Because we'll always have Facebook after all. <laughs> I'll be checking every morning for your writing on my wall. We'll <laughs> That's so romantic. have Facebook even when we're miles apart. Oh, yeah. I've got a DSL connection to your home. <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to Table great. Talk Radio. By the way, the banner of our Facebook fan page has now been updated to say the world's second most famous theological radio game show. We're all about accuracy here. I know it. I know it. We don't want to accuse of false teaching. (laughs) (laughs) It was either that we were discussing in the either we are the world's second most famous theological game show or we are the world's most famous theological game show, show in North America. But the first has a nicer ring to it. Nice. Well, since I'm so impatient, let's get on to the next uh, segment of the program. That is uh, Facebook theology. I don't even know how this works. I, I mean, what? So, so what's there's this thing, thing you call it's called Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. It's a thing where, and we have a fan page with seven billion members. How many members do we have on this thing? <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, anyhow, by the way, once we got over a thousand members, we got requests from all sorts of uh, people. Uh, to join this page, you know, I think they want to come on and sell sunglasses. I keep knocking them down. <laughs> I'm beating them it's off amazing. with a stick. All these listeners selling sunglasses. I know it. So uh, you, all you guys have, must have thriving home businesses. <laughs> I'm proud of you for your ingenuity and etc. Anyhow, what, our Facebook page has been a place where uh, the people will put a bad theological memes. You know what a meme is? A little yeah, a little with picture. Words on it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, and people talk about them. And they mostly just shake their heads, uh, and so this is so our, we're a dumping ground for that. And there's a couple of good ones to talk about. Now here is I think the most, the best or the worst. And this is a picture. It's got a nice kind of background on it. It's got a, it's got a crown. It's got some thorns there. It looks like part of a crown. And then it says seven reflections on the last words of Jesus from the cross. There's seven things. Number one, two, three, all the way through seven. And this is to be a reflection on the things that Jesus said. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first word of the cross is, it says here, number one, forgive others. Mm. Now, what do you say about that? So that was what, of what Jesus, word of Jesus? Uh, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Uh, okay. Well, I in mean, fact, so I, the, do you want to hear all these in a row here? So you no, can no, get let's the go by, let's thing? go one by one. I think the okay. problem that all of these are probably going to fall to is the taking taking the focus off of Jesus and onto ourselves. No. So case case in point, Jesus here is is crucified on the cross, uh hanging there bleeding, dying, and he says, "Father, forgive them, those who nail me to the cross, for they know not what they do." So right. here even in the in the height of sin, crucifying God, uh he's he's offering yet his forgiveness. And now it makes it rather trivial to turn around and say, oh, what this means is we should go forgive others. Now, true, true, we should forgive others, but totally missing the point of what Jesus is is saying there. Typical Fort Wayne guy. Number two, (laughs) heaven is real. Hey, isn't that trademarked? I I think that might be copyrighted. No, no, it's okay to say heaven is for real. That's the name of the book. Oh, okay. Now you're not so ignorant. 
Oh, by the way, Why I was going to ask the, the listeners about that. I was thinking about, instead of ending my sermons with amen, ending them like this. Now you're not so ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Idea? I think that'd be that, that's so ignorant. <laughs> Heaven is real. That's where Jesus says, today, truly, truly, I say, today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, oh, yes. Um, and heaven is real. Oh, man, again, missing the entire point. <laughs> okay, so here you, <laughs> here you have uh, uh, Jesus crucified on the cross, and you have two thieves, one on his right and one on his left. And uh, one thief is uh, saying, yeah, hey, why don't you uh, get down from that cross, and while you're at it, save us too. <laughs> and then the other thief says, hey, dummy. Uh, we deserve to be up here. We 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 are criminals. We we uh, this is the punishment that we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he says, "Jesus, remember me in your kingdom." And uh, and Jesus turns him and says, uh, uh, "I assure you, today you'll be with me in paradise." And uh, so the promise now of of saving faith. This is this is the the fascinating thing. I mean, people always like to use this passage as an anti-baptism text, but it's really a, a sola fide text, faith alone, that the um, that the, the the criminal on the cross had faith in in Jesus and His promises, and uh, so it is. Yep. Number three, care for your parents. Ah, uh, this is uh, um, behold, Woman, behold your son, yeah. son, behold your. So. Here don't we don't we simply speak that that Jesus is a good son, <laughs> that he he's turning to the uh, to his own mother who um, tradition has said that uh, Joseph has died by this time. I don't know if that's uh, historically verifiable or not, but that's at least been the traditional understanding. And so uh, Jesus would be um, the oldest son and and taking responsibility for his dear mother. And um, and his, he's uh, entrusting entrusting his his mother's care to um, to John, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And here, but see, this is the thing: is here's Jesus is continuing to care about other people, even when he himself is dying. Mm-hmm. And so it shows what he's doing on the cross. But here it, it again takes this what Jesus is doing in our place, and it, it's making it into advice for us. In fact, that's how all of this is: it's advice. Mm-hmm. Listen to this next one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Number four, express your heart to God. Don't tell me this is the cry of dereliction. Yep, it is. Uh, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, man. Okay. Well, this this is the... Um, I, mean, what, I think one of the most profound passages in all of Scripture, That one that I don't know that, that any of us can fully understand, uh, and this is... The, the understanding that while Jesus himself is a true God, he turns to God the Father and says, why have you forsaken me? And can we at least understand it this much? Uh, and that is that uh, God cannot be in the presence of sin. And there on the cross, Jesus is uh, is wearing the uh, all of sin uh, of all the world and all of human history. And so um, this is this is uh, not only the the physical agony of being crucified, but now Jesus is suffering the spiritual agony that is the wrath of God, God's complete abandonment. Now th- this is a huge um, a promise because now because uh, Jesus says on the cross, 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me or abandoned me? We have the promise that God will not forsake us. He, he has this promise that uh, he has, he has uh, taken this away from us. Uh, f- he's taken it for us so that we would never know the forsakenness of God. And now, and now read, read the Twitter thing again. Number four, Facebook, please. Get it straight. Number four, express your heart to God. Yeah, uh, fail. <laughs> number five. Now, I, I thought number five could be something like stay hydrated. That would be pretty bad. But that's not <laughs> what it says. So number five, be thirsty for the living water. That's better than stay hydrated. <laughs> um, well, I'm just interesting in your uh, your words on this one. I've I've understood this that he is uh, about to to cry out, and so needs. Uh, but I, what what, have you, what do you have on the uh, on the fifth word of? I thirst. Uh, so there's two there's two things here. So so um, I, and I think this is pretty important on the fifth word. I thirst. The first is this. Jesus has is suffering this deep 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 suffering of forsakenness from God this spiritual suffering, and that lasts for a while, but then it stops. So that Jesus has, in fact, earned our salvation before his death uh, by his suffering on the cross. Mm. And, you, and so the I thirst, the fact that he is now conscious of his physical suffering is, in, is an indication that, that the depth of the spiritual suffering is over. And then it also serves to prepare Jesus for saying the next one, which is perhaps the most important one. All the other words that he says are for specific people. You know, forgive these guys, and here's your son, and my God, why have you forsaken me? But, but then the sixth word is the word that's for everyone, and he, Jesus wants to make sure that we hear it clearly. It is finished. Mm-hmm. So that he, I, I'm, I thirst, uh, give me a little water, because I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying next. Now, instead of, instead of that, what we have here on this little meme is number six. I think this might be the worst of all. Number six, don't give up. Finish it. Oh, yeah, that is the worst of all. Because what Jesus is saying when he says it is finished is he's, uh, as you just uh, said, Pastor, that the the work necessary to atone for sins is done. And uh, and now what the Facebooker there is doing is saying, um, hey, you got to do it. Keep going. Try hard. Don't give up. Now, I mean, it, it's, I mean, <laughs> not to mention just the complete reversal of the spiritual understanding that we have our atonement won for us by Christ's death, um, but also just kind of the irony. This is saying, don't give up. And there, Jesus is nearly dead. I mean, <laughs> right, that's I, right. I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. I mean, here, and here's the seventh one place your life in God's hands. Um, so this is Father. Uh, Into to your you, hands I commit my, my spirit. spirit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is uh, here. J- Jesus is is showing his, uh, I guess, oneness uh, with the Father here. I, I don't know. Twenty seconds, Pastor. What do you have on this? Yeah, I mean, here Jesus is committing himself to the Lord's hands, who has just demolished him with his wrath, and he shows his faith in the end, which is our salvation. Wow. To take all of these things that Jesus says and turn them into advice is an abomination. Absolutely. We'll be right back and we'll play Wish Ladder. She's got Facebook, MySpace, MSN too. She's got Bebo, YouTube. She's Twitter and you. And I'm calling, but she don't want to know. I'm falling as her friends they disclose. This internet happens, gone through my head. 
If you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. We are climbing Jacob's Golden Ladder from earth to heaven so high. This one thought now makes my heart so gladder to know that we are climbing Jacob's Ladder to the which ladder is the game here on Table Talk Radio? And, Those singers uh, sound like they have Australian accents. <laughs> Everyone sounds like they have a strong accent with you, Pastor Wolf. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so in this game, we we, uh, we listen to a clip and we analyze it. Pastor, what do we analyze it on the basis of? The three ladders. And how does that work? <laughs> nice lead. <laughs> that's... Any other questions? I prefer <laughs> yes or no questions. That's better for radio. Uh, Do you agree with me? Was was were these <laughs> written by Adolf Caberly? Yes. <laughs> Are there three ladders? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I don't that like this game. <laughs> uh, we should do some segment where we can only ask questions. Do you think that'd be a good idea? No. I, it cracks me up, though, when, <laughs> when there's someone there's someone on a radio show to be interviewed, and uh, the interviewer asks them a question, and they just answer <laughs> yes or no. It's like, okay, thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Uh, Adolf Caberly, our friend Adolf Caberly, wrote a doctoral thesis, I do believe, called Justification and Sanctification. We call it in English The Quest for Holiness, and it's a nice text. It's a bit thick, which is why we got this game, The Witch Ladder, from the first three pages. <laughs> True. In those first three pages, Adolf Caberly says that man's attempt to reach God shake out in three different ways. The three ladders that man uses to assault heaven and the divine presence, and they are the ladders of, one, moralism, the ladder of the will, doing good and being good enough to deserve the presence of God. Number two, emotionalism, or what we like to call around here mysticism, which is the ladder of the emotions or the psyche where you are internally experiencing an unmediated presence of God. And that is the Eastern religions like Hinduism and Bahudism and also most of Christianity. The third ladder is uh, rationalism, which is the ladder of the mind. I, uh, I attain uh, the presence of God by my reasoning or my rationality. Uh, this ladder is most often found with our friends, the atheists, who have, in fact, reasoned themselves out of the presence of God. In fact, the existence of God altogether. Now, uh, what do we say about these ladders is that Jesus tells us that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, the, what we have with our will and our mind and our heart, we should direct towards the love of God but that we are not in the business of climbing up to God, but rather he comes down to us. So, Paul says, Romans, that who has ascended to heaven to bring Christ down, or who has gone down to hell to bring him up from the grave? No, he is near to you in the word that is preached, because the word is the means that the Lord uses to come to us and forgive our sins. Got it? Nice. So there's a means uh, through which God works. He doesn't He doesn't say, hey, look, inwardly where I am in... in... Now, is it true that Jesus is in your heart? Yes. Okay. So, but does he tell us? Does he? <laughs> there you go. Well, well, welcome back. <laughs> uh, but does he? Does he direct us inwardly to find him there? No. Ah, uh, that's the difference. Okay. 
Let's go to our first clip then. This is going to be. See, that wasn't just a no. It was a no. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to uh, T- Pastor Tim Riley. He's a pastor at Morgan Hill Bible Church. And uh, this is the last little bit of his Easter sermon, I think, last year. Here it is. And so in this place, in this time, I, I just want to invite you to do that. I'm going to give you a way to respond, but I think too many of us have gone down this moral road of if I clean myself up, then God will be okay with me. That's not what the Bible teaches. He doesn't want you to clean yourself up because the way you clean yourself up ain't good enough. It's the way that Christ changes us from the inside out. So in this place, in this time, I'm going to ask you to do something that's awkward for you, and I don't care. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and just be quiet before the Lord. (laughs) Just for a moment, even if you're not religious, even if no one's going to steal your wallet, relax. Just be quiet for a moment. Because this may be the quietest you are all day, all week, all month, all year. The guitar equipped playing. All decade. All century. On that day, June 13th, 2001, God did not wait for me to have my questions answered. He rescued me in spite of me. And I think it's well, ridiculous when some of us attempt to. Uh, we- yeah, he, he, his whole sermon was about this terrible life he had, and, and now Jesus has fixed it all. From the inside out? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here it is. here's the rest. Oops, I pressed the wrong button. We, we picture ourselves drowning. If you, if you, we are drowning in our sins, but it's ridiculous to think we can save ourselves. It is Christ who comes and saves us, and his death on the cross said that your debt was paid in full, but his resurrection is your receipt. So with your eyes closed and with your heads bowed, just quiet before the Lord, would you just start to do business with God? I'm going to pray a prayer, and this prayer does not save you. Let me be clear about that. It is the intent to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, to follow me, you must die to yourself, to give up your will and trust me. But I'm going to pray a prayer. And some of you have never prayed this prayer. And this is just the intent to follow Jesus. And at the end of the day, we'll see if you're serious about it. You cannot fake out your heart. And God knows where you stand before him based on your heart, not on based on what you do. So I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you've never done it, would you just pray it out loud where you are or pray it inwardly where you are? I don't care. There's no protocol to how you do it. There's a lot of things he doesn't care about. Prayer goes like this. All right. We'll just stop right there. Man, I was about ready to accept <laughs> that guitar loop is annoying. Why don't? How come the drums aren't played during the altar call? And uh, ruins, how come it's always the soft the music mood. in the background? Come on, you know this. It ruins the mood. <laughs> you know, I try, all right, try it. You give me a drum line, and let's see how the altar call sounds. If you hear the Holy Spirit, moving in your heart. Boom, bap, boom, bap, boom, boom, bap. Well, I think that would work. I'm going to, the hip-hop altar call. Y'all out there! Uh, now, uh, th- there's something to that, isn't it? That you do, that this kind of cranked up loud, I bet over the top uh, Easter service with flames coming out of the guitar, you know, and everything. Uh, it has to stop for the altar call. You need the different type of music. You need the emotion tugging 
Well, yeah. Okay. Here, here's what's an interesting thing about this classic altar call. This is a classic altar call. I mean, just textbook altar call. Well, I think the only thing that departs from the textbook is he actually said that this prayer doesn't save you. <laughs> I think I think the, the old classic textbook would just say, yeah, it does. No, 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 no because they, even the old te- classbook, classic thing, I mean, they do say, if you pray this prayer, you're a Christian now. But they say it like this, if you prayed this prayer and really meant it, you're oh, yeah, a Christian. That's right. And that's what he says. This is not the prayer that saves you, it's the intent Intention. to follow Jesus. Oh, my goodness, yes. Right? So if you really mean it, you get a, this is how you get saved. Now, here's the, I, I, here's the ironical thing about this, the irony of it, is that you have to use, you have to, what they're, to be saved, you have to have an act of your own will, and that act is surrendering your will. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so that he gets to preach the anti-moralism stuff, which is fine. I'm all anti-moralistic too, you know. It's not you your attempts to clean up your own life are failures and you cannot do it well enough. You are going you as good as you try to be are going to be a poor miserable sinner, damned to hell because of your actions, true enough. So you cannot do it by good works, except for this good work. <laughs> <laughs> this is Which the is one surrendering that is your working. You have to work. <laughs> you have to work on not working. You you are willing to not will. You are acting <laughs> in order to not act. And yes. that is so. And and the way to make that move is to lean over towards mysticism. Remember, our friends, the mystics, are always anti-moralism. And moralism is always anti-rationalism, and rationalism is always anti-mysticism. It's like rock, paper, scissors of false doctrine. <laughs> now, uh, I think that'd be an interesting question. So was this t- intention to follow Jesus or saying this prayer, just ask the question, was it a good work? Yeah, right. And yeah. the, I mean, if the answer is either yes or no. I don't think they'd say no. But if the answer is yes, then is it a good work that saves? Sure, right. Now that's or, a problem. <laughs> even just to ask, is it a work at all? Yeah, yeah. It's the anti-work work, <laughs> which is why you have to lean on the mysticism. You have to lean on the emotions to overcome the will here. So your emotions have to, in fact, you, your, your will has to surrender itself to the emotion of the thing. So I'm going to put this in the ladder of mysticism. Are you? Mysticism. All, all roads lead to mysticism, by the way. Are you? I am. Okay. But it's a but see it's a, it's a, you see how it is. It's a tricky kind of mysticism. See, I was going to put this on, on on the ladder of moralism because it's mm-hmm. ultimately coming back to the will, the intention mm-hmm. of the person. And if mm-hmm. if they intend to be a, a Christ follower, then they're going to be saved. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all wrapped up together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, in a way it's using mysticism to activate the anti-moralistic moralism. That's right. So, so the 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 la- the rungs of the ladder of moralism go all the way to the ground, and then you jump off of that ladder onto the ladder of moralism, or mysticism. I, I mean, see, so why can't you do an altar call like this? Say, say and stand up there after the sermon and say, "Hey, I just preach about Jesus, about how he died for you. You guys in?" <laughs> yes or no? Yeah, it's got to be this drawn out. Play the I know guitar. this dramatic sort of sort what do you of guys thing. Think? Now, why do it? Why not just say, "Hey, you, hey you thumbs down up with this? if you're." <laughs> it's like that game, thumbs up, heads down, or whatever that was. <laughs> I know. Just get to the point. You believe it or not? All right, more witch ladder on Table Talk Radio. Right after this break, give us an email questions at tabletalkradio.org.
online petition necessary. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Hey, speaking of climbing the ladder to Rachel's room, this is see this altar call. Imagine if you came across some guy there at Club Rogue River, and he's kind of nervous, and he's in the corner, and you say, "Hey, what's wrong?" Yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. And he, what's wrong, fella? And he says, "Well, you see, that's my girlfriend over there, and I want to ask her to marry me. But the problem is, I think if I just asked her, hey, want to get married?' She'd say, "No way." So I gotta do it in such a way. I gotta, I gotta ask her in such a emotional way that she's so swept off her feet that she'll say yes this and is... you say hey dear fella if she if you just ask her and she says no then maybe she's not ready to marry you, you know? <laughs> this but is no, what no, we otherwise the... call manipulation <laughs> yeah, that's right you gotta have the, the you're trying to figure out some romantic way to trick her into saying yes <laughs> so where what is minute. your name you know dear Susie you know uh, Susie uh, close your eyes <laughs> This You're might be the, the quietest. Banjo, this might be the romantic. quietest moment in all <laughs> your whole now, week, your whole you year. F- <laughs> if you feel my voice tugging on your heart, I want you to hold out your hand, your ring finger, <laughs> and saying, saying, re- just repeat after me. <laughs> saying this d- doesn't mean that you'll marry me, but it's the intention. Yeah, it's, it's the intention. <laughs> <laughs> All yes. right, we need to I'm keep totally moving. against tricks, except for our radio show, which is a big trick. Since I'm so impatient, we need to move on. Uh, here's right. your next consideration for which ladder. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. Oh, don't say it. He lives with me. Oh, he was all good till the end. <laughs> oh man, isn't it I bad guess. when you hear the word that rhymes with heart and you're like, yeah. oh no, here it comes in part. <laughs> no, 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 not in part. <laughs> what rhymes with God's right hand or empty tomb? I, I, it's like you see, you see the church bus driving over the cliff. <laughs> Dude, no. <laughs> You ask me how, now. How do we know Jesus lives? The answer is, Jesus. We know that Jesus lives because his eyewitnesses testified to the fact of the empty tomb. Now, there was some survey some years ago, which asked Christians this question: If we found the body of Jesus, would it matter for your faith? And most Christians said, astonishingly, no. Ugh. This is just an absolute disaster, as if we are like the inheritors of Aesop's fables or Greek mythology. Mm. 
that what matters is the story and, and not the history. The Bible gives itself to us not as a storybook or even as a theology book, but first and foremost as a history book. And if we don't have the history of the empty tomb, we do not have anything, like Paul says. If Christ is not raised, we are the most uh, to be pitied. Now, does the Holy Spirit testify in our hearts of the truth of this? Well, yes, but uh, not apart from the actuality. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives because the tomb is empty, and he appeared to over 500 people. That's how we know. what I think, anyway. Any ladder climbing going on? That would be the ladder of... I think that's the ladder of mysticism, right? I know it in my heart. I got my secret God sense on the inside. Like, remember how Spider-Man has a Spidey sense? So us Christians <laughs> got the Christian sense. Ooh, God's here. Ooh. <laughs> Holy Spirit's hanging around. Ooh. <laughs> that's, right. the, that's the internal Christian sense. It's like a superpower for these mystics. And they, they, you got to watch out for it, too, because they'll use it against you. I just don't feel God around here. I, did, I didn't feel the Holy Spirit in your sermon. That's the, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the Christian superhero spirit sense. And it is telling you that you're a false. No matter that you just read the Scripture and the Holy Spirit promised to be wherever the Scripture is. Never mind that. You didn't, that. you didn't have the Spirit thing that's by the way one of the reasons you can tell if the if the piano or the guitar is playing softly in the background that is your spidey i mean your spirit sensing going on (laughs) the holy spirit is here and you know what the holy spirit is always doing (laughs) he's always moving that's right Ooh, the holy spirit is stagnant you think the the holy spirit binds himself to like a word or something like that (laughs) (laughs) superhero christians Crazy. It's okay. like X-ray vision. Five minutes left. We got one more. It's two minutes long, and this uh, we to this one we went to the source of all truth, YouTube, <laughs> um, and this is uh, a video entitled "The Truth About Easter," and it's from uh, someone by the name of K J The Truth. <laughs> oh, trustworthy. So, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, this you know that this is true. Right. Uh, here it is. This time of year, millions of people around the world celebrate Easter. Mostly, this celebration consists of collecting hidden Easter eggs and visiting the Easter bunny. Some religious people even go to services and are told that Jesus was raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. What most do not know, and some ignore, is that Easter is a pagan celebration that is filled with evil symbols, satanic customs, and wicked traditions. Oh, no! This day has nothing to do with Jesus in any way or fashion. In this video, we will look at the history of this day, the customs, and the symbols, and ask if Easter is even in the Bible. <laughs> you don't have to go far to find out the true meaning of Easter. In that, fact, if you look up Easter in a Webster's Dictionary, the first line <laughs> will say, Easter is the name of an old Teutonic goddess of spring. <laughs> Today, Easter is celebrated on the first Sunday on or after the first full moon that follows the vernal equinox. Dun, dun, dun. Around the world, various <laughs> pagan rituals were exercised in celebration of the return of this the sun. talked with such disdain. In Germany, for example, they worshipped Ostara, the Germanic fertility goddess oh, on Easter. The English word for Easter was derived from her name. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Let's look at some of the symbols that are associated with Easter today. Okay. The Easter bunny is not a modern invention. 
The symbol originated with the pagan festival of Hysteri. The goddess Hysteri was worshipped by the Anglo-Saxons through her earthly symbol, the rabbit. Bum, bum, bum. And what about Easter eggs? The Druids used the egg as the sacred emblem of their order. In China, dyed or painted eggs are used on sacred heathen festivals. In the idolatry of ancient Egypt and Greece, eggs were eggs used were in their used religious rites. This and the list goes on and on. Now you're not so ignorant. <laughs> Man, if I would have only known this. Oh, boy. Oh, brother. Uh, you hear this every Christian celebration. Christmas yes. and Easter, all oh, these are just pagan holidays. Well, of course they were pagan holidays. I mean, of course. It's a, it's a big super revelation. It's like that half the world used to be pagan, and then there's more and more <laughs> Christians, and so they take these pagan holidays and they say, hey, that pagan holiday is ridiculous because it's idolatry, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about how Jesus is raised from the dead. <laughs> I can't. What I don't know about this guy is he... Is, is, is he it's like pro because he's like even some Christians go to church and talk about how Jesus was raised. Does he believe that or not? I mean, or is he just out there? Is he anti-Christian or because uh, you know there's a bunch of Christians that say, "Hey, we shouldn't celebrate Easter because it's pagan," and then there's the atheists that say, "You Christians are celebrating a pagan holiday like it's uh, like some big sort of secret revelation or something like that." Well, see, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at his um, his channel here. Um, here, here are, I, I think, I think he's a, uh, I think he's a King James only kind of a, kind of a guy. And oh, okay, so he has okay. all of these kind of secrets that you don't know about. Right, right. That's right. Secret. This is a, this is just a, another form of Gnosticism, which we are given over to Gnosticism. That's, remember how we were talking about create a cult and we were thinking about how to start our own Christian conspiracy theory. Oh yeah. We're going <laughs> to do that. Remember that? Uh, so everyone loves these conspiracy theories. Like, oh, look at Eshtar is the name of the fertility. Well, well my idea, I, I think that we we just repackage the truth as one big secret because this is what makes it appealing is the fact that it's a secret. Yeah, right. So that's try to try to find how someone's tried to cover up the truth. Yeah, that's say, right. Hey, did you hear about this? The diabolical secret to keep the catechism uh, locked up so no one can use it. Oh, that's Wait that's not going on. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounds familiar. <laughs> so we participate in paganism when we say Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, I mean, it was one you know, thing. Interesting... To, uh, just real quickly, we were running shy on time. Sure, sure. It, it's one thing to say that, hey, there's some uh, pagan roots. But he said that Easter has nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus. That yeah, Now, that crazy. is a statement. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And and wrong. I mean, that's that what is that is what Easter is the feast of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, who is raised from the dead. Now, this is the this is the uh, ladder of Gnosticism, which claims to be a ladder of knowledge, but is in fact because it's a secret knowledge learned by your secret spidey senses. It is a form of mysticism. Ah, very good. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the candy that I get on the inside of my Thanks head. for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> no Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. 
Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. Now you're not so ignorant. 